Welcome to Tuesday. It is August the 4th, and these are some of the headlines on BizarreBest.com. Isaiah's North Carolina damage, tornadoes, fires, flooding, outages. Wave of evictions expected and deserves federal response. Massive explosions with widespread destruction rocks Beirut. L.A. Hunter, who killed Elephant, is now PETA's target in bid to end trophy hunting. And Russia to hold firing tests on terrifying combat robot. All of these and more headlines are at BizarreBest.com. BizarreBest.com. Real news. No bullshit. There's 3.5 million people in the dark after Isaiah's plums pummels the northeast tropical storm isaiah's tore inland across the mid-atlantic early tuesday spreading flood rain damaging winds and tornadoes along and ahead of its path by tuesday afternoon at least six possible tornadoes had already sprung up in delaware and another in new jersey according to the national weather service the tornadoes followed the destruction stirred up farther south giving a preview of what Isaiah's could bring later throughout the day. While Middletown, Delaware residents, uh, resident Phil was at work, a tornado hit his street, tearing into neighboring homes, one exterior wall of a house. Second story was completely torn off, exposing the interior. His family told AccuWeather over Twitter they took shelter in their basement. After the storm, debris littered the front yards, trash cans had been tossed onto their sides and insulation shredded and scattered across rain-soaked asphalt, and possessions had been torn from homes like an ice tray that sat in the street. Trees lay on the sides of the street, snapped at their trunks from tornado-warned from the tornado-warned storm that had slammed the area. Tuesday afternoon, Bucks County in Pennsylvania reported high winds had struck Doylestown Hospital, partially tearing off the roof of the Children's Village Daycare Center. There have been no reported serious injuries, according to the county. At least four fatalities have been reported as Isaiah's tracked over the eastern U.S., including two deaths in North Carolina after a tornado struck a mobile home park and two more in Maryland due to trees being toppled, said the Associated Press. While tornadoes that are associated with tropical systems are typically weaker than those produced by the strongest thunderstorms, they can occur rapidly with very little, if any, warning, making it almost impossible to seek shelter in some cases, said AccuWeather. As Isaiah's continued its trek up the northeast coast, so does its reach. The center of Isaiah's was located about 60 miles south of Burlington, Vermont, as of 8 p.m., this evening and was racing north northeastward at 40 miles an hour the tropical storm was packing winds of 50 miles an hour as it jogged further inland power outages have stretched from north carolina into maine according to poweroutage.us as impacts of the storm journeyed northward over 3.5 million customers are without power across 13 states as of tuesday night New Jersey alone reported over 1 million customers without power. Dude. The SPC issued an enhanced risk of severe weather Tuesday morning for part of the Interstate 95 corridor 
New York City and surrounding areas were under a tornado watch at one point in the day, but that watch has been discontinued. The George Washington Bridge connecting Manhattan, New York with Fort Lee, New Jersey imposed a speed restriction of 35 miles per hour in both directions. New York Governor Cuomo tweeted that residents should heed warnings and stay alert. I urge New Yorkers to look out for local weather alerts, exercise caution, and avoid unnecessary travel, especially if you're in the storm's direct path. Dover, Mayor Robin Christensen issued a state of emergency for the city, which included driving restrictions. Uh, the Dover Police Department reported, we are asking you to stay in your homes. A tornado touched down behind a hotel in Dover, Delaware, and the trees are shredded, several cars under branches, and the whole building felt a shudder. Um, so there's more to this, but as you can tell, it's just been pummeling the East Coast. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, but you can check out AccuWeather's video and get all the latest updates on the storm on BizarreBus.com. Wave of evictions expected as moratoriums end in many states. Some 23 million people nationwide are at risk of being evicted, according to the Aspen Institute, as moratoriums enacted because of the pestilence expire and courts reopen. Around 30 state moratoriums have expired since May, according to the eviction lab at Princeton University. On top of that, some tenants were already encountering illegal evictions, even with moratoriums. So I don't understand how these moratoriums can expire when not everyone was fully reopened to begin with. It makes no freaking sense. And the feds aren't doing shit about it. I don't know why there's no uproar about that business. How about if we freaking protest about something that actually freaking matters for once? Now tenants are crowding courtrooms or appearing virtually to detail how the pandemic suspended their lives. Some are low-income families who have endured evictions before, but there are also plenty of wealthier families facing homelessness for the first time as well and now being forced to navigate overcrowded and sometimes dangerous shelter systems amid the pandemic. All these empty buildings, and they can't turn them into housing of some type for people who have been evicted or lost their jobs to this bullshit? When clearly something could have been done in the beginning to make it not as bad here? Anyway, dude, I'll keep reading. Expert predicts, experts predict the problem will only get worse in the coming weeks with 30 million unemployed and uncertainty whether Congress will extend the extra $600 in weekly unemployment benefits that expired Friday. Because $600 is even going to buy groceries, let alone pay your rent. The federal eviction moratorium that protects more than $1,200, 12 million renters living in federally subsidized apartments or units with federally backed mortgages expires July 25th. I'm not saying 600 is a measly number per week. I'm saying if you have a family with children, it's nothing, okay? Maybe one individual with 600 a week might be able to make it, dude. You're, let's just say your car payment's 500 Okay, 
and your rent's $1,200. That's minimum. <laughs> what about your insurance? What about internet that you have to pay for so you can apply for jobs? Come on, y'all. We can do better. I digress. If it's not extended this moratorium, landlords can initiate eviction proceedings in 30 days. It's going to be a mess, said Bill, Executive Director of Coalition on Homelessness and Housing in Ohio, referring to the Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey, which found last week that more than 23% of Ohioans questioned said they weren't able to make last month's rent or mortgage payment or had little, no, little or no confidence they could pay next month's. Nationally, the figure was 26.5 among adults 18 and older, with numbers in Louisiana, Oklahoma, Nevada, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, New York, Tennessee, and Texas reaching 30% or higher. The margins of error in the survey vary by state. I guess that's a disclosure statement by the people who are doing this story at AP News. I've never seen this many people poised to lose their house in such a short period of time. This is a huge disaster that is the beginning to unfold. Housing advocates fear parts of the country could soon look like Milwaukee, which saw 21% spike in eviction filings in June to nearly 1,500 after the moratorium was lifted in May. It's more than 24% across the state. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen, okay? All of these people are going to be absolutely homeless your lovely suburban neighborhood is no longer going to be a lovely suburban neighborhood because when people get evicted, houses are empty. And that in itself could bring people to break into the homes to stay in them because there's nowhere else to stay. So unless the government comes up with a freaking solution to this, um, it's going to be bad, y'all real bad. And these people have every right to lay their head under a roof. It's not their fault. They lost their job. It can't pay the rent because of a freaking pandemic that nobody expected. And let me tell you, not everybody can save large sums of money. Most people live paycheck to paycheck. If you were lucky to keep your job like I am, and I thank God every day, that I was able to continue to do my job from home because some people couldn't. Restaurants closed, bar cl bars closed. Pretty much every retail establishment except for grocery stores and gas stations. Dude, it's a mess. It's a freaking mess. And y'all talking about these people sitting around collecting 600 bucks a month like they ain't got no worries. They do. They got to figure out where to come up with the freaking rent at when that shit runs out. Okay, I digress. I'm sorry. It's it, I'm passionate about this subject. We are sort of a harbinger of what is to come in other places, says Colleen, the executive director of the Legal Aid Society of Milwaukee. We're getting calls to us from zip codes that we don't typically serve. The part of the community that aren't used to coming to us. It's a reflection of massive job loss and a lot of people facing eviction who aren't used to not paying their rent. It's time to downsize, y'all. In New Orleans, a legal aid organization saw its eviction-related caseload almost triple in one month since Louisiana's moratorium ended in mid-June. I can't, I, like, who are these people that they're not doing shit about it? 
Among those seeking help is Natasha Blunt, who could be evicted from her two-bedroom apartment where she lives with her two grandchildren. Blunt, a 50-year-old African-American, owes thousands of dollars in back rent after she lost her banquet porter job. She has yet to receive her stimulus check, like millions of people still don't have their first one. And has not been approved for unemployment benefits. Her family is getting by with food stamps and the charity of neighbors. How would you like to live that life? I feel for these people, man. It's, it's effed. I can't believe this happened to me because I work hard, said Blunt, whose eviction is at the mercy of the federal moratorium. I don't have any money coming in. I don't have nothing. I don't know what to do. My heart is heavy. Along with exacerbating a housing crisis in many cities that have long been plagued by a shortage of affordable options, widespread discrimination, and a lack of resources for families in need, the spike in filings is rising, is raising concerns that housing courts should spread, that housing courts could spread the pestilence. You know, they're in court. People have got to go to court. So there you go, prime opportunity. Many cities are still running hearings virtually, but others like New Orleans have opened their housing courts. Masks and temperature checks are required, but maintaining social distance has been a challenge. The first couple of weeks, we were in at least two courts where we felt really quite unsafe, said a staff attorney uh, with Southeast Louisiana Legal Services. In Columbus, Ohio, Amanda Wood was some among some 60 people on the docket Friday for eviction hearings at a convention center converted into a courtroom. That's my city. I had no idea. What freaking convention center? They don't tell us nothing. So unless you're going through it, you don't know, dude. Wood 23 lost her job at a claims management company in early April the following day. The mother of a six-month-old found out she was pregnant again. Now she's two months behind rent and can't figure out a way to make ends meet. What would anyone's suggestion be to this poor woman? Because now she needs a baby right on top of it. On top of everything. Wood managed to find a part-time job at a FedEx, loading vans at night, but her pregnancy and inability to find stable child care has left her with inconsistent paychecks. The whole process has been really difficult and scary, said Wood, who's hoping to set up a payment scheduled after meeting with a lawyer on Friday. Not knowing if you're going to have somewhere to live when you're pregnant and have a baby is hard. All these empty houses in the city. All of these empty, boarded-up houses that they could be using for homeless people or people in need. What is wrong with our government? Who owns these properties? They're not fixing them. Make them open that shit up to people, man. Pay them. Experts credit the slower pace of the federal eviction moratorium as well as states and municipalities that used tens of millions of dollars in federal stimulus funding for rental assistance. It also helped that several states, including Massachusetts and Arizona, extend their eviction moratorium into the fall. Because they're smart. Still, experts argue more needs to be done at the state and federal level for tenants and landlords. Absolutely. They should have been making payments 
to the mortgage companies and the landlords all along for people. Negotiations between Congress and the White House over further assistance are ongoing. A $3 trillion pestilence relief bill passed in May by Democrats in the House and would provide about $175 billion to pay rents and mortgages, but the $1 trillion counter from Senate and Republicans have only has several billions in rental assistance. Advocacy groups are looking for over $100 billion. An eviction moratorium without rental assistance is still a recipe for disaster, says an attorney with Ohio Poverty Law Center. We need the basic economics of the housing market to, con to continue to work. The way you do that is you need broad-based rental assistance available to families who have lost employment during this crisis. The scale of this problem is enormous, so it needs a federal response, and it needs it today, y'all, like yesterday. Um, there is more on this, but I uh, will digress, and I will link it, and you can check it out at BizarreBiz.com. Today, a massive Beirut blast kills more than 70 and injures thousands. A massive explosion rocked Beirut on Tuesday, flattening much of the city's port, damaging buildings across the capital, and sending a giant mushroom cloud into the sky. More than 70 people were killed and 3,000 injured with bodies buried in the rubble. Dude. It was not clear what caused the blast, which struck with the force of a 3.5 magnitude earthquake. That's not good. According to Germany's Geosciences Center, and it was heard and felt as far away as Cyprus, man, more than 180 miles away across the Mediterranean. Lebanon's interior minister said it appeared that a large cache of ammunition, I'm, I'm sorry, a large cache of ammonium nitrate in the port had detonated. The sudden devastation overwhelmed a country already struggling with both the pandemic and a severe economic and financial crisis. For hours after the explosion, the most destructive in all of Lebanon's troubled history, ambulances rushed in from around the country to carry away the wounded. Hospitals quickly filled beyond capacity, pleading for blood supplies and generators to keep their lights on. For blocks around the port, bloodied residents staggered through the streets, lined with overturned cars and littered with rubble from shattered buildings. Windows and doors were blown out miles away, including at the city's only international airport. Army helicopters helped battle fires raging at the port. Interior Minister Mohammed Fahmy told a local TV station that it appeared that the blast was caused by the detonation of more than 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate that had been stored in a warehouse at the dock ever since it was confiscated from a cargo ship in 2014. What? Um, dude, doesn't stuff become unstable after a while? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a detonation expert or uh, are they called demolition experts? Witnesses report seeing an orange cloud like that, which happened, which appears when toxic nitrogen dioxide gas is released after an explosion involving nitrates. That's not good for anybody's lungs. Videos showed what appeared to be a fire erupting nearby just before, and local TV stations reported that a fireworks warehouse was involved. What the F? 
Not where you want to store your shit, dude. Ah. The fire appeared to spread to a nearby building, triggering the more massive explosion, sending up a mushroom cloud and generating a shockwave. Charbel Hajj, who works at the port, said the blast started as small explosions like firecrackers. Then he said he was thrown off his feet. The explosion came amid ongoing tensions between Israel and the Hezbollah military group on Lebanon's, Lebanon's southern border. Many residents reported hearing planes overhead just before the blast, fueling rumors of an attack, though Israeli military overflights are common. An Israeli government official said Israel had nothing to do with the blast. He spoke on condition of anonymity because he was not authorized to discuss the matter with the news media. Israeli officials usually do not comment on foreign reports. The Israeli government offered emergency assistance, though, and international intermediaries. Donald Trump's, the president of the U.S., stands ready to assist Lebanon. And the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo extends his deepest condolences. Our team in Beirut has reported to me the extensive damage to a city and a people that I hold dear. An additional challenge in this time of already deep crisis, Pompeo said in a written statement. The blast was stunning even for a city that has seen a 15-year civil war, suicide bombings, bombardment by Israel, and political assassinations. Dude. There's a lot more to this. You know where I'm going. I mean, there is literally a lot more to this I could read for another freaking hour because now they're going to go into the background of Lebanon. Um, but I will link this so you can read it at BizarreBus.com. What's up, Bizarre fam? Let me tell you what I'm excited about right now. Give me just a second. Bizarre Abyss merchandise. Look at this. It's so comfortable. It's so stretchy. It fits most faces, if not all faces. I mean, if it doesn't fit your face, there's something wrong with your face, I think. It doesn't hurt your ears like most Macs do. And our new logo's on it. Anyway, uh, I'll settle down for a moment. I just wanted to share the amazing news. Bizarrabiss.com, y'all. Bizarrabiss merchandise. <sighs> Make it happen. An L.A. hunter has killed an elephant, and now Pete is on his ass. In mid-December, Aaron Raby shot and killed an elephant. Because, you know, you don't need to, dude. Okay? Everybody knows, leave the freaking elephants alone. Hours later, he had a piece of it for dinner with a side of sliced tomato and avocado. Someone needs to poison that guy. I mean, not really. I'm just saying. Who eats elephants? self-described blue-collar Los Angeles crane operator, Raby paid more than $30,000 for the once-in-a-lifetime experience because that would be something I would drop $30,000. You can't figure out what else to drop $30,000 on, dude. <sighs> Try, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sigh. That's terrible, and it sounds terrible uh, when I do. I'm sorry. Traveling more than 10,000 miles to South Africa to shoot and kill the tusked, pachyderm. He then paid roughly 10000 to have its head preserved as a souvenir for his adventure. 
I hope you're haunted the rest of your freaking life, dude. Yet Raby may never receive his trophy, which is still in South Africa being prepared by a taxidermist. If California enacts new legislation, the legislation which has passed the state Senate and is expected to pass the assembly on Tuesday would prohibit the importation and possession of animal parts from a list of endangered and threatened African species, including elephants, lions, and rhinos. They need to go to the... Okay, here's where you freaking protesters need to go to this dude's house. Okay? That's whose house you need to be going to. That's something to be pissed off and protest about. Riot over that dude's bullshit. It's time to wake up and realize that we're in the middle of a mass extinction event, said Senator Henry Stern, who wrote and shepherded the bill through the Senate. Similar legislation passed both the Assembly and the Senate two years ago, but was ultimately vetoed by then-Governor Jerry Brown, who called the trophy ban unenforceable. He's going on my bad seed list. Stern said circumstances have changed and is confident the current governor, Gavin Newsom, will sign this year's bill. For Raby, the consequences of his latest kill are just starting to unfold. After the hunt, he posted images of his trophy on Facebook and YouTube and HuntingAfrica.com, a website for hunters. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals and Animal Rights Activist Organization independently obtained video of the elephant shooting, which it released Monday, and plans to use in a late-session campaign to ensure passage of Stern's legislation. Thanks for your help, douchebag. Raby said he has faced threats online and harassment before, such as when he posted an image of himself with a lion that he killed, but the PETA campaign is sure to bring him new notoriety and deepen the debate about trophy hunting. I don't understand why this is anybody's business but my own, Raby said. What I did is legal. I didn't break a law. They're going to place a ban because a bunch of crybabies that don't like hunting, dude. Elephants cry. That's all you need to know. California has become a focus of the trophy fight, partly because the federal government has vacillated on banning such imports. This year, the Trump administration approved the import of a lion trophy from T Tanzania. The first since lions began receiving protection since 2016. Okay, I can't get behind that at all. Fearing the administration may approve more trophy imports, wildlife advocates are hoping California will provide a line of defense. Free the animals, dude. Free them all. Free them all. They all need freed. They're all off limits. For years, trophy hunting has also quietly divided conservation biologists. Last fall, that split became publicly uh, a problem within the pages of the prestigious research journal Science. Some experts argue the practice provides funding for local communities, raises money for wildlife management, and gives people who live near dangerous or destructive animals such as lions and elephants an incentive to conserve them instead of kill them. 
Others say there's no evidence that trophy hunting provides these benefits, and even if it did, they question whether killing and dismembering such creatures justifies those ends. They are disappearing, y'all. The scope of the import, this is very messed up, dude. It's hard for me to do an animal. I'm, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to do an animal story because humans are the worst, dude. The scope of the imports is vast. In 2017 alone, more than 65, I'm sorry, 650,000 wildlife trophies were imported in the United States, including species considered internationally rare or threatened. Last winter, after years of diligently saving, Raby embarked on a two-week hunting expedition in South Africa led by a pair of experienced safari guards. Video of the hunt, which Pete has shared with the Times, shows a startled elephant facing a hunter and his guides and trackers. As the young male pachyderm looks on, his ears widening, the guides set up a tripod upon which Raby places his rifle. Raby shoots, and the bullet hits the elephant in the head. The elephant crumbles to his knees. I'm sure the elephant's parents were freaking sad about that, dude. And watch the whole thing. They remember shit, dude. Over the next two and a half minutes, Raby shoots the elephant four more times. Because once wasn't enough. Three more hitting the animal's head. The footage shows the elephant breathing heavily, groaning, bleeding, and struggling to get up. Raby's guides continue to encourage him to get a cleaner shot. They never offer or attempt to intercede and quickly end the animal's suffering. Because he's a bad fucking shot. The video cuts off before the elephant dies, although later footage, which Raby posted on YouTube and his Facebook page, shows crews skinning and deboning the elephant. Dude, maybe you should spend more money at the, sh at the shooting range. Just saying. Raby has killed hundreds of animals across North America, as well as in Europe, Africa, and Russia. Photos of his forays can be viewed on his, I hope, a freaking rampage of rhinoceros come through where you go next and bore the shit out of you from the back and flip you through the air and you land face forward on the most jagged stone ever made by the planet Earth. Photos of his forays can be viewed on his public Instagram page, including one that shows a dead wolverine and another in which he is hugging a dead leopard. The elephant was the culmination of Raby's African Big Five quest. He'd already killed a lion, rhinoceros, cape buffalo, and a leopard. Raby said that he hunts not for the kill, but for the experience and the adventure of the hunt living outdoors, cooking around a campfire, tracking an animal and jacking off in his spare time makes him a real man. Sorry, it didn't say that. He also notes that lions regularly kill agricultural and pastoral animals and occasionally people while elephants can destroy homes and crops. None of your freaking business, Raby. You don't live there. All right, dude. I can't go on anymore because it keeps going on and on about this dude and I really just want lightning to strike him. So, I'll stop here. 
and I will link it at bizarrebus.com. And I hope that you guys harass him on his social media. Well, Russia is going to hold firing tests of its combat robot. And the thing looks like Terminator times 10. I'm not joking. It's got chains and shit on its arms. The Russian military has been developing a number of unmanned combat platforms, including the Uran-9, which was deployed to Syria with mixed results, and earlier this year deployed the Orlan-10 drones in drills in Siberia and Tajikistan. Maybe it isn't the Terminator, but the Russian military's latest combat robot will be put through the test later this month to determine whether it even has any Terminator-like capabilities. Well, it certainly looks like the Terminator. Maybe a little rough around the edges, not as sleek as the Terminator. The Advanced Research Fund and Defense Ministry of Russia will hold trials of the maker of the Marker Combat Robot during the International Military Technical Forum, Forum Army 2020 Arms Fair. Under the Market Project, a series of running and firing tests are planned in August. Uh, the trials will be conducted jointly with units of Russia's Defense Ministry. The Marker robotic platform was developed as part of a joint project um, of the Advanced Research Fund's National Center for Development Technologies and Basic Robotic Elements and the Android Technology Research and Production Association. The new combat robot, which is also being positioned as a robot kit for creating models for future warfare platforms, is expected to lay the basis for testing, interoperability of ground robots, unmanned aerial vehicles, and special opera operations forces. While it's among the new hardware being demonstrated at the Army 2020 event, the final testing of the market report of the marker report will likely take place next year. Russian state media had previously reported that the project would be handed over to the Russian Ministry of Defense for that final testing. The date, to date, the shooting tests of the Marker robotic combat platform have shown that it can strike targets quicker and more accurately than professional shooters, while the combat robot is also capable of distinguishing between civilians and military personnel, it has been trained to determine the difference between unarmed targets and those that pose an active threat and to only fire at the latter. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think we've seen this movie, dude. In selective fire tests, the robot was able to fire from a sporting rifle, but also used a machine gun to hit flying targets, including flying dust. But it has successfully been used against striking small drones. We do not want the robot to destroy everything in front of it, leaving a dead zone behind it. Yeah, you, yeah, you do. That's the point. Uh, that's funny, dude. That's why it must be able to clear, clearly define threats using new technologies and promptly react to them. Okay, dude. While it's unclear how the marker combat ro robot will be demonstrated later this month, it will be just one of the new weapons platforms that will be spotlighted at the annual arms fair it's a it's an arms fair dude <laughs> which may have a smaller number of attendees than in recent previous years due to the pandemic however the russian federation has confirmed that the event will take place as scheduled 
for the dudes with money, I'm sure. This year's Army 2020 will be held at the Patriotic, I'm sorry, the Patriot Congress and Exhibition Center of the Russian Armed Forces in Kabinka, outside of Moscow from August 23rd to 29th. And it will feature demonstrations of 730 items of armament and military hardware state media reported. Wonder if the U.S. is invited. Probably not. The Russian military has been developing a number of unmanned combat platforms, including Uran-9, which was deployed uh, to Syria with mixed results, and earlier this year deployed the Orlan-10 drones in Siberia. China has been working with its own killer robots, so watch out. Maybe the Terminator is closer than we realize, and I have no doubt that it is. Uh, I'd like to see what China's up to, because those dudes do not play, okay, at all. And neither does Japan. I'm sure they've got some, too. Maybe we do, too, waiting in the wind somewhere. This, maybe we could have, like, a Terminator combat hour on TV. Wouldn't that be freaking awesome? That'd be awesome. I'd be into that. Well, anyway, thanks for joining me tonight. And I appreciate all you guys so much. I love all your comments. I just... And we are so close to 100,000 on TikTok, so we're planning something special, y'all. We'll let you know when that happens, and it's going to happen soon. We're not very far away. I think yesterday it was 800, 700, something like that. Anyway, you guys have a great evening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Stay bizarre. Yeah. Make sure you take a deep breath. Think positive. Dude. Penguins given free reign to roam around the aquarium since there's no visitors allowed. That's awesome. Dude, look. He's looking around. He's loving it. I got a new section under the on the headlines page at the bottom called Bad Seeds. Matt Geats of Florida, 1st Congressional District, mocked the whole process by wearing a gas mask when reviewing the funding. You're a super freaking winner, dude. An Alaska airman has been punished for peeing in the office coffee maker. Dude, why? Like, how did... Why? Did you take it in the bathroom with you? Did you stand in the kitchen and whip it out? Clearly, this airman is dedicated to getting kicked the F out. He's trying really hard, y'all.